Hello and welcome to the Mystical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Soul, and I am delighted to deepen into conversation with a dear friend of mine today. But first, I wanted to share with you this amazing program that I have recently launched for my community. It's the Mystical Living Group Program, and it's for women who are ready to make accelerated change in their lives, to shed what is no longer serving them, to step fully into their truth and create that life that they dream of because your dreams are seated inside of you for a reason. We're offering all of our podcast listeners a very special promo code, it's podcast, for 30% off. And I would love for you to join us in the program. You can find all the details in the show notes. And without further ado, I am so excited to welcome Amber Lillystrom onto the Mystical Living podcast today. Welcome, Amber. Thank you, Katie. I'm so honored to be here, my love. Oh, Amber, can you, before we get going, can you welcome us in and just tell us who are you really? Mm. Yeah. Um, so I am truly an aborning soul that is here in this incarnation, in this container that is the sacred body, mm-hmm. learning. And I really think completing and um, dancing with my soul syllabus and getting the lessons that my soul is here for and all of the different ways. And it's such an honor to have a physical body to get to do things like this and to have friendships and to get to um, catch snowflakes and dive in the lake and, you know, dance with my kids and eat beautiful food Mm. and laugh and all of those things. And, and so syncing up all of that with my work in the world as a business mentor, as an author, a poet, um, as a mother to two beautiful children and a wife to my best friend, Ben, and a daughter and a sister and a, and a dear friend. Um, yeah, that's, that's really where I am and what my focus is and how I do my best to move through this thing called life and being here and human. So beautiful. I'm so grateful to connect with you in this lifetime, in this lived experience, in these human bodies. And as we get going today, Amber's going to drop us in, take us on that journey from the mind where the human self resides with the fears and the worries and the to-do lists into the heart where the divine self resides with the intuition and our inner knowing. And you'll get to experience Amber and her unique medicine through this process. Wonderful. Thanks, Katie. All right, friends. Well, let's arrive. This is one of my favorite invitations to ask us to consider this idea of arrival into the moment that we are in. And I think you can already feel that, right? What does it feel like to be deeply present in this moment? So I invite you to use your breath as a tool to help your body ground into the moment that we're sharing together, wherever you are, no matter what it is you're doing, you can do this standing, you can do this laying down, you can do this driving in a car, you can do this walking down a busy city street. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. You can use your breath as a tool to come to the moment. And I love this idea of arrival and arriving and being able to use this exercise over and over and over again. And once we arrive, it opens us up to listening, to hearing, to sensing our life, what's happening around us. I'm going to read a quick passage from one of my most beloved authors and mentors, Mark Nepo. Just a quick little sentence, and it's this, the ear as a petal. The ear is only a petal that grows from the heart. When we hear each other, it all becomes a garden. And so I invite you to consider in this moment the garden of your life. And if you want to use that imagery, thinking about 
the different parts of your body, the different chakras, the organs, whatever feels most natural to you as this garden. Maybe we're seeing our heart. I'm getting the visual of a, of a lotus, of a beautiful flower opening. And you might be seeing that too. And just sinking into this feeling of the heart opening like a flower in full bloom. Thinking about what the heart needs to open like a flower. And you think about the richness of whether it's the, the soil or the water from which this flower is growing. Just thinking about the natural elements, the light, the true nature that feeds our blooming. I'm just going to give you a moment to breathe that in and thinking about your heart as a flower opening in the garden of your life. And all of the beauty that surrounds it. And all of the beautiful intersections of other flowers blooming in concert. How we open and close. And how this isn't a bad thing. How this is actually an, a form of deep, innate wisdom and intelligence. That our heart has the ability to open and to close. And that exercise of reopening is such a sacred opportunity and a sacred practice that we can encourage by going through an exercise like this on a regular basis. So I invite you to just breathe around your heart. Imagine as if your breath is this soft wind that is feeding the flower, that is touching its petals, that is helping it to just delight in its own existence and feel the joy of that sensation and the remembrance that a flower never blooms in competition with another flower. It opens for the joy of its own experience because a flower was made to bloom in the same way that we were. And I invite you just to take this imagery with you today. And if you want to put your hands over your heart to honor what you just experienced, what you saw in your mind's eye. And remember this sensation. You can come back to this mm -hmm. at any time. As I said before, you could be standing in line at the grocery store. You could be waiting in traffic. You could be sitting on the couch with your family. And you can look at your life as this beautiful garden with the flower of your heart opening to take in the fullness of your existence and the gift of the moment before you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. What's so beautiful is everyone listening, just that immediate shift into full presence, into full awareness. And what Amber doesn't know consciously, but she certainly knows, is I just completed uh, recording an episode with Sarah Tasty, another mutual friend of ours. And I ended the episode talking about lotus friendships. <laughs> and I really think of my friends as these lotus friendships. It's just a term I coined one day because lotus friends to me are the friends that can be in the muck with you, in the growing, in the muddiness, but they can also witness you in your full bloom and cheer you on in the front row as you're speaking on stage. And I'm so grateful to be weaving from one episode to the next with two of my lotus friends. Thank you for being one of those people in my life, Amber. Katie, I feel the same way about you. And I just so appreciate, and I'm certain that those who are listening will wholeheartedly agree with this. I so appreciate the way you bring light to the world and how it at this point seems so effortless. And yet mm -hmm. I know that it's not. And I know that to be who you be mm -hmm. has taken an enormous amount of deep sacred work. And I'm really grateful for that work because you are someone that I can look to 
um, when I need help, you know, when I need to feel that sensation of light and you're so consistent in that way. And it is just, it's so awe inspiring. So thank you so much for the work you have done in, on your soul journey to be able to be this light in the world for so many. Thank you, Amber. So I'm receiving that and just witnessing you so embodied on your journey and you've been doing this work for quite a long time now but you weren't always and I would love for you to take us back you've had many pivot points in your journey but take us back to the one in your business mm -hmm. where you really flipped a switch and took a new path for yourself. I think it would be so in resonance for our listeners who are on that cusp of knowing that maybe what they're doing is really good, but it's not their fully embodied truth. Yeah. So tell yeah. us about that journey for you. Yeah. I mean, I do think there's, there are layers, right? Um, yeah. As with anything. And, and I think the big the real like catalyst moment was um, when I had a near death experience when my daughter was born in 2014 or 2013, excuse me. And, um, you know, I just became new. I just, I changed. I had a quantum shift in consciousness in that experience. And it would take time for me to sort of integrate and unravel and really understand what happened there. Um, but, you know, at that time I was in a career much like you were before, right? That was all encompassing and very demanding and very rewarding and beautiful and mm -hmm. enriching to my life. I learned so much. I'm so grateful for the relationships of the people that I had the gift to work with there. I mean, really for 14 years, I was a student athlete um, first. And then I got a job at my alma mater where I played soccer and I worked in the athletic department and I was one of the top sport marketing professionals in the country. And it was it was so cool. It was such a cool job. So cool. And yeah, it was so cool. I mean, I did the the most amazing things and all of that prepared me for what I do now, you know, and, and it's so beautiful to see how all of those little train cars lined up in ways that I couldn't have seen it. And, you know, I, it was about nine months after Ani was born and I had that experience where I just, I, I decided I was going to leave my job and launch my business. And, you know, I had been tinkering and working on things. I started a photography business when she was really little. Um, I just, I just knew I needed to do something different, but I didn't know how, you know, I really had no idea what or how I was going to do it. And by the time we got to March of the following year, um, I had one client and I just knew that I needed to make this leap. And there wasn't going to be sort of like this comfortable, you know, yellow brick road paved for me that was like financially sound and, <laughs> and handled, you know, I wasn't going to go from a 10 year career with this salary that I'd worked yeah. so hard to create to then just like, oh yeah, just, just slide over here, sister, you know? And so I knew that if I left the net would appear, but I was going to have to leap. And that was the scariest moment. <laughs> And so when that one client said yes, um, it opened up this whole world of possibility for me, Katie, and I realized, oh my gosh, I think I can do this. Like, I think that if I can get one client and work with one person and like the feeling, the exhilaration of it, yeah. I bet I could maybe work with two and then maybe I could work three. And I started to do the math and I just thought this, this, this could work. And then I'm actually, when I thought about the math of my life, you know, I was getting to the point where Ani ended up walking at, at like nine, 10 months. And so <clears throat> of course she did, of course she did, She's you know, superstar. that's, that's my girl. And, um, I knew we were getting to this threshold of moments that I wasn't going to get a replay on that. I, that I did not want to miss. It was so, so vital to me to be there for that. And so I, I made the leap and then, you know, I went from working like 40 plus sometimes 60 hours a week to now max. I mean, I only had like 15 hours a week at this point because I was with our daughter, but I got my life back. You know, I got, I got parts of my life that I actually had never experienced because I was a division one athlete before that going to school, like full time churn, you know, my whole life was about work, work, work all the time. Try to get the scholarship, try to get the job. And now it was like, try to enjoy this, this moment you don't get back and being a mother 
and building this business. And so Mm. what happened there was like, I centered what mattered most to me in my life. And yes, I, I took a hit for a minute. You know, we had to be creative. We had to financially sort of like figure this out. I, I had to be super scared and it forced me to face my biggest fears head on. And we did. And, um, you know, fast forward 10 years later, this is my 10 year anniversary as we're talking 2024, launching my business. My business has made multiple millions of dollars in that time. Um, I have very beautiful months, you know, I mean, we've done so many things. We've bought our dream house. We've built an addition. We're building this amazing structure on our property called the tree house right now. That is really like a temple. I mean, it really is. It's I cannot so wait to experience it. Oh, I can't wait to have you. I'm like dying. I can't wait to have the, the girls come and just like do a blessing of the space and yeah. just be there to get, I can't, I'm, oh, it's so amazing. So, so much has opened in my life, but I had to say yes to the thing that I craved the most. And what I want you all to hear is that it is definitely going to feel like the scariest thing. Yeah. It is definitely going to feel like the scariest thing. And I think one of my practices in life, and I wonder if this is you too, Katie, I sense it might be. If I have a fear of something, I have this practice and it's been there for a long time, but if I have a fear of something, especially like a debilitating fear, yeah. I, I, this is going to sound really maybe not the right sacred way to say it, but I like force oh my myself God, to do please. it. I, I go, oh, wow. Well, that's, that's good information. That's, yeah. that is there, there must be huge learning in that for you. Mm. There must be threshold work there for you. So yeah. we're going to, we're going to gently move to it. Um, but we're going to do it and we're going to do the thing and we're going to figure it out. And this, and this can look like, I mean, as a little kid, I had this debilitating fear of wolves. Like I had this huge, huge fear of wolves. And I remember my mom saying to me, we're going to go to Wolf Hollow. It's this place in Ipswich, Massachusetts. It's like this okay. um, sanctuary for wolves. Wow. And she's like, we're going to go because you just, we got to work on this. Yeah. And, it, you know, she taught me, it was so powerful. And of course mm-hmm. we get there and it's like feeding time and they're oh viciously eating cow legs. And so my mom's like, let's go in the gift shop. <laughs> and we'll come back out. I was like, ah! but I did it. You know, like I did that. Did I sat there. I experienced them. They're so beautiful. Like, you know, that was a really big thing for me. I, I sing, I love to sing. And I was all my young years, I was too afraid to sing in front of people. And I remember in eighth grade, I just decided to join the select chorus and I joined and they were like, you have a voice. And then I sang a solo at my eighth grade graduation. And I remember being so scared, but I knew like, this is the stuff that's going to stretch me in my life. And I don't want to be held back by these seemingly arbitrary fears. Like they are part of my soul syllabus. And so you know, I'm just giving myself permission to like play with the the exhilaration of that yeah. and tr- what, you know, wade safely into those waters to try these things and obviously launching a business from scratch after having this super, you know, kind of like set in stone career where I was like a rock star getting a, a promotion every two years, one of the top sport marketing pros in the country. That was a bold move to be like, bye, I'm going to go launch this business that none of you even understand, like a coach, you're going to be a coach. Like, what is that? What are you talking about? Right. And, and so I think like that boldness is, um, innate in me and, and it is the, it's the reason why I've been able to create what we've created, you know, as a family and over these last 10 years. And I'm just so proud of it and I'm so grateful for it. And it's just been such a beautiful journey and it's brought me to so many incredible people like yourself along the way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And what's so interesting to me is there's just so many parallels in our story. I'm like a decade behind in um, the leaping part in that, you know, division one athlete, Mm -hmm. very successful corporate career, had the same exact message you had when it was getting time to leave is when I would meditate on it, I would just keep hearing there's going to be a net but we're not going to show you the net until you leap. That's right. And that really stuck with me as we just have to have this deep trust Yeah. that there's a net Mm. there, but we can't always see it. And for me, over the past 18 months since leaving corporate America, it's been a unraveling of deeper and deeper layers of truth. And 
to a point now it feels really flowy and easy and embodied. But for me, there was a shedding of the corporate Katie identity to really step into my truth. And I'm curious if you had that experience as mm-hmm. well, or were you able to just kind of like flip a switch in no. one day? <laughs> yeah, no, it's such an unraveling. And I mean, I had dreams for years that I was back at my old job and mm. I would be like confused as to why I was there. And it was like my subconscious really still yeah. thinking, you know, oh, are you sure about this? Like, is it going to work? And can you do it? And, you know, those early years, I had so much anxiety and so much fear, you know, when it came to the money piece and really what it was rooted in was, am I, can I do this? Am I cut out for this? And and what it would result in Katie was I would go and look at other people who were successful and sort of compare myself to them and think, mm. oh, maybe I should be doing it that way. And yeah. I, I, I lived for a long time. I would say the predominant majority of the last 10 years, feeling like someone else had a better answer than I did, mm-hmm. that someone else knew better than me. And I would say in the last, really since we adopted our son in 2022, like it was a huge moment for me on a very sacred part of my journey. You know, in 2021, I experienced some of the, the hardest loss of my life and pregnancy loss and the end of my fertility and my IVF mm-hmm. cycles not working and my body just being basically like broken down, you know, from all this hormonal and and just the sadness and the trauma and all. It was so hard. 2021 was such a hard year for me in ways I'm still unpacking for my body and my spirit and my soul. And, and then God, you know, March, 2022 and in the most awe inspiring, miraculous way, Alex comes into our life. And we adopt this, this premature, beautiful baby boy who was I mean, he literally looks ex- like an identical twin to my husband, which is he really does. It's really like kind of shocking how it much is. he looks like. <laughs> and, and he, um, his birth mom, bless her, gave him the name that was our boy name when Ani was born. Mm-hmm. It's like we couldn't, you couldn't have written that. You know, we couldn't, couldn't have. And so what happened for me in that moment was, you know, all of this data from the, the, all the years before that, you know, especially like that moment from the near death experience, it like all synced up into this moment of realization that, that I am so held and that I've been held all along. And the whole thing was always pointing to this, that he was always coming. And yet I had to go through all of those experiences in perfect timing to be ready and available for Alex. And so it just schooled me in the most sacred way yeah. to realize how held I am. And I actually got it tattooed mm-hmm. on my wrist. It says held. And then I got my kids. I put little stars here for my kids. And I just, it, it's just, it's so humbling in the most beautiful of ways. And so then basically I took that experience of Alex coming into my life and getting to be his mom and then looking at everything else and thinking, it always works out, eh? It always, it's always working out for your highest good. It's always working out in your favor. And then you compare notes to the the big takeaway from the near-death experience, which is like most of us live our whole life afraid of dying when actually the the biggest, biggest issue is that we're not really living. Totally. And the reality is that when we do die, you know, I will just tell you it was the most blissful serene, euphoric, incredible sensation to the point that I was like, do I really want to like, this is pretty good. Like I'm, we're, it it was like, oh, that's what we're afraid of. I mean, it is like a birthing process into the most magical next iteration of life. And so, yeah, um, all of those things combined, what it really did for me was help me let go of so much of that. And liberate myself and really just sink into what am I here to do and how am I here to help? And I really believe that the clients we serve, we have soul contracts with that, you know, I, I, if I think about the miraculous nature of how my clients come into my world and how I get to serve and support them, like Mm -hmm. you couldn't have written the way, like screw Mm -hmm. the funnel, forget about the, the algorithm, like who cares about all that stuff? Mm -hmm. They're going to come the more you send out your your heart signal and you you speak the truth through the platforms and you know digital tools that we have but they're going to come and so 
I've just let go of needing to like go learn some sort of other sort of external 3D way to do things. And instead I'm just really dialed in on, on the 5D. This, I mean, let's just go beyond. It's like on the cosmic level, the cosmic unfolding. And that's, that's my marketing strategy now. That's how I connect with people. And I just stopped carrying the load and the worry mm-hmm. and just trust that, you know, if I'm in service to my soul syllabus, to what my gifts are, which are my favorite thing, you know, it's like, I love talking about these things. I love helping people. I get so much energy from it. It's like the greatest thing ever. I don't, there's just nothing to worry about. Right. And yeah. I mean, that is the magic, right? That's and it. that's why so many people resonate with you, with your content, with what you're putting out into the world, because it's your truth. Yeah. It's not repetitive. It's not what somebody else is saying. Every right. time I see a piece of your content floating by one of your emails, it's just so real and raw and authentic. And I'm like, whoa, I love mm. it. Like it just, I never see something that crosses my path from you that doesn't feel in deep resonance. Mm. It Thank just you. is true. And it's not what everyone else is saying. At all. And, <laughs> that's, no. and that's the shaky part though. I think like that's worth acknowledging oh because yeah. it's actually so um, sort of like alluring <laughs> to think my gosh, like something must be, I must not be doing it right. And then you you add the double whammy in that I'm a business mentor. So I'm actually teaching the method of what I have learned, like through the filter of my clients and really helping them bring more of themselves forward. And it's so enticing to like, want to go back to, well, this, this person says this and this, and they look, look at the success they have. But I will tell you, I'm also a person who's been in the room with all of them. You know, I know all the you people. Have. You I've have. Been, I've been there. I know them all. I, I they're in oh. the cell phone. You know, like there's there's an, yeah. a knowing, and um, they're doing the best that they can with what they have, and totally. they are a different version of a person than you are. And totally. I I, almost, I wish that they didn't actually have to bear the weight of that though. I think there's a part of a lot of those folks that like think they still have to uphold that. And that's part of their soul syllabus and that's okay. You know, but I just think a lot of the people that come to me are like, I've tried everything. It's just not working. And I'm like, well, what about trying you? Like, what about figuring out what brand you is about? Like what your special gift is and how you want to do it. And my clients, you know, I just asked them for their January wins as we recorded this in yeah. at the end of January. And I, and what they're saying back is I've never enjoyed my craft, like what I do in my work as much as I do right now. I've never felt more relaxed. I went to a therapy session and my therapist said, where, what you are, com- you are a completely different version of yourself. You are so at ease. You are so relaxed. You are so like embodied, like their therapists are going, what are you doing? And then they're saying like, whatever that woman's teaching you keep doing it. And I just go, you know, the feedback is in their relationships with their partners and with their children. And then here's the deal about money, because that's always the, that's always the, but, 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 but Amber, I need to make money, but Amber. And I say, right, honey, I know, but here's the deal about money. It is a byproduct of your alignment. Money totally. is just a tool. It's, it's a byproduct. That's it. It's going to come. But you got to you got to do the 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 all you thing and you're in it's you know there's a lot of like nuance inside of that but oh what a relief to be able to just show up in the world fully embodied and authentic finally and to enjoy the fruits of what comes with that. Yeah. It's so amazing. It's interesting. I over decades, you know, took so many classes, learned from so many teachers. And in the past 18 months after leaving corporate, probably the the first 12 months took a lot of like tactical courses on like how to make a funnel and how to, you know, um, niche down and all this stuff. And it was grindy and hard and didn't feel natural at all to me. And Finally, I decide I'm done. I'm not taking any more classes. I, I, you know, I am yeah. just going to tap into my own innate wisdom. And I hired one coach. That was it. And I hired her because 
she was authentic. She was mm. real. She was true. And my first meeting with her when we were discussing if it was going to, and she has a really, really long wait list. And I really had to like bang on her door because I just knew she was my person. And in our first meeting, I said to her, look, you know, I get in this industry, you're supposed to niche down, you're supposed to get tight, you're supposed to, Mm. you know, have this one clear message, but I want to talk about everything. I want to talk about quantum physics. I want to talk about human design. I want to have a variety of people on my podcast. And she just said to me, she looked at me, she said, Katie, of course you do. That's your superpower. Range is your superpower. Mm. And it was that permission slip Mm -hmm. that I needed in that moment just to say, yeah, Mm -hmm. range is my superpower. And yeah, that's just who I am. And it's part of my magic. And maybe it doesn't fit into this box of what can make somebody successful in this space, but it's my truth. Mm. And I need to follow my truth and I need to follow what lights me up. And the right soul clients will find me because I am embodied in my truth and they like the range. They want to explore all the different places in the pockets with me. And that was so beautiful. And then, you know, a month later, talking to her and I said, we've been having all this challenge with it, with our Instagram account. Oh yeah. And, um, I said, you know, I think I need to start fresh. And she just said, do it. So really, it's just me talking to myself and (laughs) just giving me the permission slip to say, that's your truth. You start fresh. And I started fresh and it's like so freeing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so embodied. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. It feels like this new up-leveled version Mm. of myself. And I think when we're on these entrepreneurial journeys, it really is about coming deeper into self-trust and this knowingness that we are held like we are just so held in it all and i'm curious how do you continue to trust that you're held Hmm. even in those moments that like your human comes in and is like yeah i'm not Cause we I all mean, have I'm, that. I'm writing like, you know, five figure checks like every week right now, building the treehouse, And so it's freaking me out. It's, right. it's like totally stretching me. Yeah. in in the most beautiful way, it's such a cool exercise. And, um, <clears throat> you know, what I'm reminded of is, well, I, so I always say if the dream is in you, it's for you. And I, I, and I really believe it, you know, I really, and I had to go down a lot of dark places, uh, in 2021, to actually yeah. recommit to the knowing and understanding of that. You know, I really gave myself permission to like mm. make my body of work bullshit and um, explore that. And then, you know, life lifed in really incredible sacred ways. And so I think when I have those moments where, you know, what I, what it really is though, Katie, and I think I've, I've had to get very granular about this and my um, human design life yeah. theme is um, basically to understand the way that I think and then to teach people that what I learned from that. So it's like, I'm so cerebral in this, like how thinking happens and unfolding and the, the, how the train cars line up and all this. And it's like, I have to do the practice of getting into my heart a lot because yeah. my brain is, a, it's a super machine and it doesn't. Your brain is things. a super machine. It's crazy. What I'm it's- like, Okay. It's really like, I mean, the amount of content you put into the world, by the way, is just like, yeah, thanks. I, 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 my brain just needs to do that. It's like my, it's like my running my laps, you know, it just, it really feels good to me writing poetry, like, Mm. um, but what I, so I'm reminded that that's part of my truth, right? That that's, you know, I, I'm gonna, my brain is going to brain and that's how I was wired and I'm, it's never not going to be that way. Yeah. Um, and what I learned in that exploration is it's all about point of focus. Mm-hmm. And so if my point of focus 
is on a lack of trust, you know, whatever those details yeah. are around that, then I'm, of course, I'm going to, I'm going to feel shaky. Yeah. And if I'm, if I'm preoccupied with other things and then I have a, a story in the back of my head that mm-hmm. if you're not focusing on doing the business and creating da, 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 it's like, yeah. you know what I'm, that, that, that's what it I sounds do. like. I that's do. what it sounds like in my brain. If you're not doing that, then money's not going to come. And, and, and so what I've learned in that exercise, because that pattern is, is so readily available and it's so deep is to go above it and to say, right. But the cosmic Mm. plan for your life is that you, your dream by hell or high water, I we're building this tree house and it has stretched me in every way, shape and form. And when I watched the trees, we had these amazing pine trees that were actually kind of past their peak and getting to the point of being dangerous. Um, when we had those trees come down, I remember sitting in my daughter's room, watching the tree guys do their art and take these humongous pine trees that were hundreds, I mean, over a hundred years old. It was like such a burden for me. It was such a, it was very painful to go through that process of like being the one who had to Mm -hmm. like lay these trees down. But what happened, I was Mm -hmm. sitting there thinking about it. And then this, this message came through and it was like, these trees are bowing down to this mission, to the temple and what has to come next. I know I just like wept. It's called the Treehouse temple. And it is, it is in honor of like the sacred nature, sacred land, like Mm. what these trees were about. It is. And I just had this moment of thinking like that space is about every person who comes into its mission and movement in the world, like their soul calling And they're going to walk up the stairs and come into the space and then look out at this view of all of these trees. It's like literally in the forest and then sit on the couch and we are going to work. We're going to doula their dream into, Mm -hmm. into the world. We are going to work on their mission. And that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Like that is my sacred gift and my calling. And so I built this thing. And so, you know, I I have to go to the cosmic plan view of it and just remind myself that like, it's so much bigger than am I going to make enough money this week? You know? And it's like when I plug into that remembrance and, you know, I pick up a book and I read a poem and I like find my footing again. I I go back to like, what is truth? Yeah. (sighs) It just kind of melts that tension away and helps me get my focal point in the right place for really what this big soul work is actually about. That's my process. Okay. So tell us, like you mentioned the poem, but tell Mm -hmm. us what are the other ways that you tactically get yourself from that mind space into, okay, cosmic plan. I'm back on track. Yeah. So, um, I am such a a nature person. I'm an earth sign. I, you know, it's winters. I'm going to be honest. Like I, I, I realized just in this last week, I'm like, Ooh, something feels really off. What is it? My body's having a little bit of immune expression right now. And I'm like, Mm. Oh, it's, it's winter. There's a lot of grief. There's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of like, you know, I live in this incredible place on this lake and it's so insane to me to think about how this landscape looks different in so many ways throughout the year. And that I have the honor and privilege of being the one who gets to steward and foster this land and like experience this land through all Mm -hmm. of these seasons. But winter, while it is absolutely stunning and beautiful, like looking out our sliding doors at the frozen lake with the snow on it and the trees, I'm like, this is like an art. This is living art. (laughs) And yet my, I crave putting my feet on the earth. I crave some warmth, you know? And so I think just acknowledging that and understanding like, this is a little bit tricky for me and then figuring out like, what are some of the tools? Like I, we have a sauna, literally Ben is like shoveled patches in the grass. And then like I poured boiling water of it to melt the snow so I can stand on grass, like doing little things like that. Yeah. Right. Like little things like that, just to, to, to listen to what my body's asking for, like doing a lot of plants um, mm-hmm. root vegetables, like warm stuff mm-hmm. like that. So that's one big piece for me that I, I, I wish it wasn't that way sometimes, but it just is like, I really have to kind of put effort into that piece because my body needs it. And my emotions like crave it. The other thing is, you know, yeah, I have Mark, Mark Nepo's books, like all over my house and I have one on my nightstand. I have one up here. So I will just like flip open to what am I supposed to receive right in this moment and like really sink into his work. Um, it really brings me home to myself Um, and then, 
you know, I have my mentor, you know, I have my mentor, Rosemary Bradison, who is like the, one of the most amazing people on the planet. And it's such a gift that we're alive at the same time and that I get to work with her in this way. I just saw her this last weekend. Um, and you know, I, I allow myself to be supported. I lean in, I ask for help. I'm, I'm, I tell the truth with my partner, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I will say to him, Oh, I'm getting a little stuck. I'm getting a little tangled right now. Can yeah. you help me? Can I just talk this through? I have really close friends that can do that for me. So I think it really is this this piece, Katie, of just telling the truth and yeah. slowing down mm-hmm. to acknowledge what is coming up for me right now so that mm-hmm. I can untangle this and I can be with what is. Now, it's not to try to wash it away and get to positive and feel. I don't yeah. think that there is such thing as a bad emotion. No. I think all emotion is information and data totally. that I'm like, ooh, this is so fun to go look at yeah. what this is trying to show me in this moment. And so Absolutely. that's that's a sort of, you know, kind of hodgepodge of, of my process. It's not super linear. It's really dependent on what's happening in the moment. But those are the the places that I find myself Um creating, creating release and relief. I think it's so helpful to share it too, because then people can be like, Ooh, okay. That one resonates with me. I could pick up a book of poetry too. Right. And have this moment of shift in my physical vessel. Yeah. I also want to talk a little bit, you brought up your life theme in human Mm. design. And that's something I teach in my mystical living group program is we dive into the map of human design because we have all these maps available, astrology, gene keys, cards of destiny, the I Ching. I mean, it's just amazing. But I work with human design because I think it's the easiest to understand. Yeah, yeah. So my purpose, my life purpose or life theme in human design is to snap people out of their minds, bring them into their hearts so Mm. that they can experience higher states of joy, love, bliss, and ecstasy. Wow. (laughs) Right? I was like, oh, well, that's what I do now. So So, fitting. I know, right? So when I first read that, it was just such a big unlock for me. And I'm curious, when you came to know your life theme in human design, what was that experience like for you? Mm. Oh, yeah. I I just went, oh, bullseye. Um, Right. And and honestly, I think that there was a part of me that – maybe has felt critical of that aspect of myself. And so it was like this championing of, yeah, this is actually what you're here to help people with. You're, you're here. And so I've, I've deepened into that work with my clients. And like Mm -hmm. what I just said to you, there's no such thing as a bad emotion. And so I spend a lot of time with my clients, helping them acknowledge what, what feedback they're getting, you know, through their emotional experience and helping them be with it to extract the information that is going to be most helpful in a somatic way, in a cerebral yeah. way, in an energetic way, in a heart way. There's like all these, I mean, we, we use the, the chakra system in the work and yeah. it's so fascinating to me to see the ways in which this wants to come through. And I love it because then it give it puts it into their conscious mind so that they can then drive forward with that information. And of course I attract a lot of people who are really cerebral, overthink a lot, Um, because like attracts like, and so it's, you know, it's really good to be able to really serve these people and help them get out of suffering, um, sooner, you know, than, than maybe I was able to, I I really love being able to help people find that relief and have those experiences where their therapist is saying to them, like, what the heck have you been doing? Because you have shifted on your axis. Like this is a major, major change since I last saw you. And it just, it makes me so happy because what I know is, and this really gets to the root of what my work is about they then are going to show up differently in their motherhood. They are going to show up differently in their marriage. They are going to show up differently in their relationship with themselves and their body and with all of the things. And that is how we shift humanity is by individually taking responsibility for how we're showing up in relationship to life and to other people. And my deepest ache was my childhood and watching how some of those things happened and I remember thinking as a kid, like if they could just work on this, like if they could just, you know, I remember just thinking like, you know, I went through a lot of hard things as a really small child. And I remember my, my brain, my design was already happening as like a five, six, seven, eight year old. I was already doing that. It was already like, well, 
one plus one equals two here, and I want to approach it this way. And I just remember thinking, looking at my parents, I wish that they could just get this because they could be so much happier in life. Yeah. And if they were happier, it would it would make us feel happier, you know, as a small child. Like it, my life would feel really different if their happiness quotient, if their fulfillment quotient, if their like ability to um, really know themselves and how incredible they are. I'm, I'm thinking this is a very young child. It would be so different. Yeah. And so I love now that I get to help parents because yeah. inevitably I'm help. This makes me cry. Like I'm helping those kids. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And tell us too, what is it like now being the parent of a yeah. highly emotionally intelligent, <laughs> highly tapped in kiddo? Mm -hmm. I mean, you have two, but one who's a little further on their yeah. journey. Yeah. Tell us what what that experience is like for you mm. now with the tables turned and being able to mm -hmm. parent in a way that perhaps you wish you were parented. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's really, it's really holy. And I will also say with credit to my parents, um, especially my mom, she has gone through a huge evolution, you know, and she has changed um, herself and she's done enormous amounts of work on herself mm -hmm. in ways that maybe I couldn't see, you know, uh, yeah. when I was there. But now in her 70s as a grandma, um, she's just retired. My mom is the happiest she's ever been. And I, oh. and I really keep acknowledging that for her and just celebrating her because she's had to put a lot of work in to get to that place. So it's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, and with our daughter, Ani, who's 10, I've had to go through this evolutionary work because of the daughter that I was going to give birth to. Yeah. And, you know, I obviously knew her soul before she was here in physical body. I knew I was going to have a girl. I knew it was going to be her yep. you know, the whole time before I was even pregnant. I knew it was her. And it's so fun because she's like my best friend. <laughs> we love her so much. We have so much fun together. Um, and I feel like we've known each other for eons and totally. lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes. Um, and in this lifetime, she is highly sensitive. She's, um, a projector. She's emotional mm -hmm. authority. Well, that's a projector too. Yeah. So <laughs> you get it right. And, and it's, it's yeah. like this beautiful thing that I'm a generator with non, I'm non-emotional. I'm specific manifest. I'm just, I'm really different. I have sacral authority. I'm wired really differently, um, from my daughter and it's, it's been so cool to just slow down and soften in the ways that she really needs me to as her mom yeah. um, and to be there for her. And, you know, we don't, she doesn't go to traditional school. She's, we homeschool like hybrid. She's actually in a nature school three days a week. So as we speak, she's like in a field and I got an email just now, like their Thursday program is called wildflowers. So it's all girls and they oh. talk about cyclicality and they talk about nature and they talk about bodies and, all this like healing stuff. They've been working a lot on like deep emotional, um, inter inter dynamics in the group. Uh, you know, there was a little bit of a bully situation happening last mm -hmm. week, which was really emotional. Yeah. Last night, Ani came home with a letter from that girl apologizing okay. and just saying like, I'm really sorry. And you know, you basically like you inspire me with how kind you are to everybody. I'm just like, <laughs> yes, like this is the work right here, yeah. you know, and there's actually space for it because we're not, asking her to them to be focused on all this other stuff that takes yeah. them away from like the real essentials. And so, you mm -hmm. know, it does feel like some sort of wild experiment, um, this like wild human experiment as, yeah, as a mother, but what sure. I know about my daughter and this has been my through line is I, I know her, I know her soul. I know what it is that she needs and she's a different kid than sort of like the mainstream look of how a lot of us, you know, she's just a different kid. And I have vowed to protect that and to yeah. honor that sensitivity and to give her space mm -hmm. to fully be herself. That is like my deepest vow in life. And mm -hmm. it isn't easy at all, but it is like the, it's, it's such a holy <sighs> practice. And, you know, she's just, she's so magical. I mean, just little things like, you know, she will just belt, this is like one small thing, but she will just belt out singing like in the house anywhere, you know, she'll just be like, she was singing fearless Taylor Swift. She's major Swifty. And, um, I know Lilette is too. And she's up yeah. in her room belting out fearless and Ben and I are sitting on the couch. And I'm just like, that right there is the greatest victory for me. Mm -hmm. I was afraid to sing out loud and nobody encouraged me. Like nobody said like sing. And I, I do, I still sing the national anthem. I just got asked to go sing the national anthem at some UNH hockey games so this fun. winter. I still do it. I love it. That was a big part of me overcoming that fear, you know, of using my voice and singing. 
mm-hmm. and that my daughter just sings and she's not embarrassed. She's not m- diminishing herself. She's just belting it out to me right there. That is like the biggest reflection of, yeah. of, of a child feeling embodied that I could possibly ever have. And it, it's just, oh, it's so good. You know, it's so good. And she's just teaching me every, every step of the way. It's really beautiful. And I don't think an accident that these generator moms have these projector daughters and we're getting them together in March for a little girls weekend, which I can't wait for. So Amber, as we close out today, can you tell us all the places that the Mystical Living audience can connect with you, get to know you, deepen with you and your community? Yeah, I'd be honored to. Um, I'm on Instagram at Amber Liliestrom, and that's the place where I'm, you know, the most consistent and active. And I would love to connect with you guys <clears throat> over there if that feels aligned. Um, I have a podcast called Ignite Your Dream, which I definitely have to have you on, Katie. Um, and so you guys can get that wherever you listen to podcasts. And my website is amberliliestrom.com, where you can check out all of my programs and offerings and the ways in which I support um, amazing people on this planet in this lifetime. Amazing. And you speak a lot too. I do. Yeah, I do keynotes. I love speaking. I'm doing something for a corporation in March, which is so fun to like kind of blend over that line. Yeah. And like, okay, let's do this thing. Let's talk about your dreams. Um, And yeah, I did a lot of speaking last year. I spoke for Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi, which was really a cool, wild opportunity that popped up. So yeah, I'm just, you know, where I, I, I'm on this, this plane of where can I be helpful? Um, what invitations come in in alignment with the cosmic plan? And, you know, I did turn down a speaking invite this year earlier because it just didn't, it didn't sync up with my schedule. And I just didn't feel like, uh, you know, being away from my kids is something I'm mindful about right now. And when I travel most of the time, Ani comes with me, you know, we go do the the things together because we get these adventures, but yeah, I'm just I'm just trusting the unfolding and saying yes to what feels like a sacral. Hell yeah. <laughs> totally. So sacral, I get it. Yes. Oh, Amber, it was such a delight to have you on the podcast. And thank you to everybody who took time out of your full lives to listen, to deepen with us, to delight in this conversation. Come check us out at mysticalliving.co. And on Instagram, I'm at mystic.katie.soul. Thank you so much. And I'm beaming you all so much love today.